But you need to be aware first of the risks and challenges, having a budget. And then also, I think bringing in your spouse and like having that communication about what you're doing, where you're at, and what you want to do next. And then they're going to start taking you more seriously because they're like, oh, they have a plan. Like they're not just being creative in their creative room. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlosita. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friends. It's podcast recommendation time. One of our absolute favorite podcasts is Online Marketing Made Easy, hosted by the incredible Amy Porterfield. And I'm so glad to say that we're friends with her. And this is true that we never miss an episode. She has been someone that we've looked up to for so long. And she's been one of our biggest inspirations on our business journey. So we know you are going to love her podcast as much as we do. Most definitely. Our favorite part about Amy is that she's not only just so inspiring and so relatable, but she also breaks down big ideas and strategies into actionable, doable step-by-step processes to get you results without all that needed stress, which you know that we love. Yes. And then plus, in one of her most recent episodes, Amy dives into why she shows up online as 100% herself, where she shares her authenticity in the digital world and what you can do to stay true to yourself. Now, she was also on our podcast last month, so make sure to listen to her because she's just released her new book. So Mina and I believe that staying true to yourself is one of your greatest superpowers, and this episode really reinforces that belief. It's so good. Listen to the online marketing made easy wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. All right. Now, listen, how many of us get super frustrated that our family, our spouses, the people around us that know us the best still think our business is a hobby? Hands up. Everyone raise his hand. Mm -hmm. Everyone, because we all hit this always. But first, Before we jump into this excellent episode, (laughs) we want to request from you that you all stop where you are and follow us on Apple Podcasts. And not only follow us on Apple Podcasts, but leave a review if you you can. Apple Podcasts allows you to leave a written review. Spotify does not, but you can definitely hit the five stars. And then share it with somebody who would benefit from this. If you have friends in the product world, friends in even the business business community around you, share with them the Product Boss podcast because we would really love that. And we're, um, we need, we need that support from all of you. (laughs) (laughs) It helps spread the word. Sure Um, does. So here's the deal. And I know a lot of you out there resonate with this and it gets really frustrating because you feel like the people around you, the people closest to you aren't really taking this seriously, right? You've started a business, you're creating beautiful, amazing, wonderful things, whether you're making them yourself or you have a manufacturer or you, even if you're just at the point of an idea 
And it's like, when are people going to take you seriously, right? When are they going to be like, oh no, she owns a business versus, oh, she's doing her little thing over there. Yeah. In her room, in her studio. Uh, you know, like all the, all the crap that people say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, like all the stuff that people project on to us um, when they, when it's, kind of their own thing that they're projecting. Yeah, it is their own thing that they're projecting. And a lot of times, you know, we worded it in this way that I'm on, I'm on my way to tell my husband slash family or my spouse slash my family, um, that my business is not a hobby because oftentimes we want to scream, it's not a hobby. Right. (laughs) And, um, I think that we have to reinforce that with ourselves even. This is why I wanted to do this podcast is because people will think what they want to think. They're projecting onto you. But ultimately, my friends, if you know it's not a hobby and that it's a business, that will be the key to all of your success because it matters what you think way, way more than what they think, right? Also, I don't know what the definition of business is, but if you've ever sold your product and someone has exchanged you exchanged money for that product. Even a dollar. You are in business, right? But also how many businesses or startups that are in concept and they're startup, right? They're like, I have a startup business. So I think one part of this is for all of us. and, And again, I think sometimes even for us personally, there's like insecurity of, well, it's not a business because I don't know about business. You know, I never went to business school. Like numbers confuse me, blah, 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 right? A lot of our own confidence or not having confidence, lack of self-confidence gets in the way as well. So I think first it's going to be like, and you could say this with us, I am a business owner, right? I make products and I am a business owner and I am a product boss. Let's like start with that. And then I think one of the things is, is that you need to maybe for yourself first identify like why you started this business and what your goals are. Right. I am my goal is to make fifty thousand dollars this year as a side hustle because when I do that, I will have extra money for what? Right. Yeah. Saving for the kids, retirement, going on those vacations we can't afford with our full time jobs. Like, what is it? So I think first for yourself, explain to yourself or journal why you're running a business and what your goals are. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to I want to take it one step further. And that is that share that. Yes, because for all that. of us you know, we have those in our head, but when you are transparent about those things and you're transparent about, hey, I want to make enough money to send us all on vacation and that is my goal, or I want to make enough money to leave my full-time job in three years or two years or one year, whatever it is, then that gets them on board. And, and then, because you're trying to get their buy-in, right? And a lot of times they don't know what's in your brain of how, how long-term or short-term this is. So I think that for you, the thing that matters is sharing it with them and being transparent about that. That It, it can be a difficult conversation because money is a difficult conversation between partners and spouses and that sort of thing. But share with them what your ultimate, what your goals are. And I think that that will help to, um, help to initiate that conversation of thinking about your business as a business and not just a hobby. Yeah, because they know that now you've set a goal. You know, we've worked with people that have been in business for over a decade and they've told us once they've come through our programs or worked with us in our challenges um, that they had never set goals before, right? They had never had goals that they were reaching for. It was kind of just like, 
making things, hoping to sell them, not tracking anything. You know, when you feel like you're out of control in your business or you don't know what's happening, then people, you're that that confidence or that lack of confidence is going to kind of be apparent because you're kind of willy-nilly. But if you start to kind of get more serious about it and say, I'm going to this in-person trade show, I am bringing 100 products with me. My goal is to sell, you know, 75 of them and make X amount of dollars. These are just simple ways of tracking. And mm-hmm. then you've got something that you're you're standing behind. And we do teach this inside of Multi-Stream Machine because we really teach you how to know your numbers. But I think the first part is just for yourself to know what your goals are and then to share them. Yeah. I think and start with like a the bigger goal and then break it down like what Jacqueline is saying. So for example, we teach our students um the the 90 day roadmap, which you know, you're setting goals, like Jacqueline said, if it's trade shows, if it's, you know, let's say Amazon, whatever it is, you have your goals for systems for visibility and for sales. But um the the thing is it has to fit into your long-term goal as well. So for example, you know, myself and my husband, our goal, and it took a long time, it took six years, our goal was for me to bring my husband back into the house. So, you know, it was that he would leave his full-time retail pharmacy position that he did not like at all, and that he would come into the house, right? He would work, whether it's, you know. He would be full-time product boss at Little Labels. Yeah, he would be full-time at Little Labels. And then it's like, they have, they realize that you're approaching it as a business and that the ultimate goal will benefit them too, right? It doesn't have to be that goal. It could be any sort of benefit. It could be, I want to bring myself home and then that will make me a happier person because happy wife, happy life. It doesn't have to do with them (laughs) coming home, you know? Um, Which is so absolutely true. I believe that, you know? Because you're the wife. It better make yeah. you happy. Yeah, it's true. And my <laughs> husband believes it too. I told him so. Okay. <laughs> if you're not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> but you get so what I'm true. saying in that, you know, then they're approaching it in a business. And I love what Jacqueline is saying about, you know, when you're sitting down with them and you're taking it seriously and you have the confidence to express to them what your goals are, like you're going to this trade show and you want to make this amount of sales and they see you putting in the work and with the goal in mind that they understand why you're doing it and what your ultimate goal is too. So I love that about being transparent with, you know, because at you're going to both have to make sacrifices initially, I feel like. Um, And then this is the way to show them that you're serious about this because Mm -hmm. you are investing in that time and energy that you're putting into it and that you're going to come out the other end with this, you know, target goal for the both of you. And I think the next thing I would do is for you first to be honest with yourself. So again, a lot of this is self-reflection and then you could share it with your spouse, but be honest about the risks and challenges involved in running your business, right? So mm-hmm. you may come to the table and say, hey, look, right now, this is a bootstrap business. I'm working. I'm going to be taking 10% of my wages and putting towards this, or we have a little bit of extra cash saved up and this is what I'm putting into this business. And then if you have those goals that we set, it's like, it's what I did with Cuffs Couture. So I had work, I was working, I had my own other business. Um, I wanted to start this Cuffs Couture, which was the wearable wrist wallet. And I think I had like $20,000 saved. It was like, it was my savings. Mm-hmm. And I, that was my cap. I was like 20,000, I'm going to put it into this and see what I can make happen. I wasn't going to spend more than 20. I didn't have more than 20. I needed to make my 20,000 back and then have the business start to run for it, run itself. So I think if you go, okay, look, this is the amount we're going to put in and you agree to it, 
with with that with the person who's a, available for that agreement. Like you have to have this conversation, and you say, "Look, there are going to be risks. I'm going to go, and the, things are going to fail, or we're going to try something that may not work. But I just want you to know I'm committed to this. And also because we hear this a lot with people when the doors are open to multi-stream machine, a lot of people are like, "I have to run it by my spouse," mm-hmm. and. And what happens sometimes, I think if you come cold to your spouse and all of a sudden you're like, there's this program, you know, there's this program that says I'm going to make double my money. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We have no idea what's happening here. But if you had goals and you're like, hey, look, currently we're making, you know, $200 a month, $3,000 a month, whatever it is. And I believe that if I join this program, it's going to help me one, look at my margins and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, really think about, not wasting my time on visibility and how I can get more eyes on the business. And then I think I'm going to sell a way that we teach in there, wholesale, or I'm really going to increase my conversions when I'm showing up in person. They're going to look at you and be like, hold on, who are you? But you need to be aware first of the risks and challenges, having yourself, having a budget. And then also I think bringing in your spouse and like having that communication about what you're doing, where you're at and what you want to do next. And then they're going to start taking you more seriously because they're like, oh, they have a plan. Like they're not just being creative in their creative room. Yeah. They're not just off to Hobby Lobby and Michael's and and going on a shopping spree, you know? And then that makes it feel more real. Um, I do, we started off with a budget with low labels. Um, We knew we were going to put a certain amount of money into it. For example, I had paid for Amazon courses and it was actually my husband that actually- um, You paid like five grand for Amazon courses? Yeah, so twenty five hundred and then five grand. But my husband was the one. It started off with twenty five hundred. So he was the one who found that he knows that I do really well with courses, and he understands investing in yourself. So know that first, okay? So there was no convincing. He's the one who actually came to me with it himself, um, and then I was the one who came to him with the five thousand dollars, right? But however, before that though, we remember, um, I had sent in, I had done that first production, which I had to put down like a deposit of $2,500. So this is another, a different $2,500 that I'm talking about. And was it the deposit? So now we're at like five grand. No, the 2,500 was the pulling the inventory from Amazon. So I sent in 2,500 pieces. No, was it 2,500? I can't remember the initial number of pieces that I sent in, but it was with the wrong adhesive. So I'm going to try to shorten up the story. It was the wrong adhesive. And I was bawling. I did not know what to do. I had wasted that money. I also had to pay for that stock to be removed from Amazon. So I had to reinvest more money again into rerunning this initial run of the correct adhesive on my labels, and then also pay to have the bad inventory removed and then send in more inventory to Amazon. So it felt so scary with so many risks. Do I make the decision? Do I not make that decision? And I ended up obviously making that decision. And I did it with the idea that money loves speed. So I did it quickly. I like pulled the mandate off. So I, we literally, I knew that, okay, remove that, remove it, done decision, removed immediately, burn it if you need to. But I actually removed it and then (laughs) had them send it to me. So that was a little bit more expensive, which maybe wasn't the right choice because I ended up not even using those after all. And then I um, had them rerun the inventory and then I sent it in. I did that all under 30 days, you know? 
which is a lot. It was so emotional. I didn't know what to do because it was much more of an investment than I had intended. And then it worked out really nicely because because I did that, and this is in July, I ended up doing that. All this happened at the end of May. And then in June, I was figuring out all the things. I had it back in there by beginning of July. And then that was the very first prime day, which I had no idea. So we hit that. And then August was beginning of school season. So it ended up working out really well. And my, you know, money love speed sort of thing really helps because I was like, you know, I'm not going to dilly dally over this, you know, and waste more money by mulling over it and sulking in it. I'm going to, if I'm going to go through with this, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to run like heck to make this happen. And that's what I ended up doing. So, but Jacqueline's absolutely right. There's risks on top of risks and you have a budget and you work your way through it and there's going to be hard decisions you make, but those are business level decisions. Those are business level decisions. So for example, if I would be thinking about it as a hobby, I would have said no. I would have said no. And then I would have missed out on this millions of labels that I was going to be selling. Because so a hobby that costs you $2,500, $5,000, $10,000 means that you <laughs> like wealthy guys that collect cars or, you know, like <laughs> my hobby is, you know, buying vintage cars. Like, like the thing is <laughs> golfing, right? Like, yeah. like a hobby is one that does not have a return on your investment. So if you have a hobby right now that you're an artist and you're painting just to paint because you love to paint, awesome. That's a hobby. Mm-hmm. If you have a, uh, if you paint, but you also want to sell your paintings, then that's a business, right? And then you have to figure out how am I going to sell these? How am I going to get someone to exchange their cold, hard cash for this product? And I think, I think it's the seriousness of it. And I think another thing I just want to suggest to everybody is to correct people. I think a lot of times when we don't have that confidence in ourselves, it's hard to correct people. Like, oh, you still doing that little thing? Yeah, you know, or because like, we're, oh. we, we tend to minimize ourselves, right? Yeah. Because it's hard to hold that confidence, hard to hold that boundary, like of them saying that or whatever. And even if they're not saying like, oh, what are you up to now? Even that little like insinuation, in, at least it used to be in my brain. It was probably just my my issue, right? What are you up to now? Like I'm up to a million different things. You know, that was... <laughs> <laughs> but really, they're asking how I am, you know? Are you still doing that thing? <laughs> so what are you up yeah. to now? I haven't talked to you in like a month. What are you up to now? <laughs> you know, it's like, slow your roll. I'm up to the same business, dude. No, just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> still trying to hustle and make money, my friend. The thing is, is you're all listening to a business podcast. Okay, because you're here for education. You're here to learn. You're here to find community. You're here to do all those things. You're listening to a business podcast. So therefore, you have an entrepreneurial brain. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you've never sold a single thing in your life. You are here and you're learning. You're not just like willy-nilly out there. And maybe you are. But that's why when you're with us and you're in our community and you join our programs and all the things, we start to talk about like, let's set goals. Let's set revenue goals. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about these products and how we're going to sell more of them. That's the business part. But I think I would offer you, and Mina, you've done this recently with your name, right? When people mispronounce your name, you've been mm-hmm. more like, actually, my name is Mina, right? Not I've however been, else. Right. I mean, all my life, I've had to deal with people mispronouncing my name and repeatedly. And it makes me cringe anytime I have to correct anybody on anything. But my name was something that I always had to do, right? It's just a given. Mina Kunlo Sitep. When I hyphenated it, it was even more so. 
you know, but even the name Mina is really like people are always mispronouncing it, but I was taught never to speak up. So, you know, I remember the times that I would speak up, it would still be that they called me Mina or one time I was like, no, it's, you know, Mina or no, I wouldn't say it was Mina. It's actually, um, it's an M and not an N. And I remember somebody was like, oh, I get it. Nima. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is so hard. Why are you just not catching on? And so, um, it's it a them was, problem, not a you problem. <laughs> at that point, they are not participating in that conversation. Right. And I also really value when people remember people's names because I work hard and remembering people's names. So for me, there was all these things tied up into that me having to correct people and me valuing that people remembered people's names because that was something that I would work towards was I was always trying to be really good about listening to their name or remembering their name. Anyways, so I've been correcting people more so. And has it gotten easier? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe not. Now I sometimes force the team to correct them. But I will you, say... Now you have people <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, because it's all the time, you know, but now... Well, we meet a lot of people. Yes, we meet a lot of people. So um, I think that you you absolutely can make it a practice to correct them you know, and, or to do it in a way that makes you feel comfortable. So for me, um, I, uh, now I'm just like, oh, it's actually like Mina, like Mina with a, an M like Mary, you know, and sometimes that helps a little bit or whatever. Um, but even correcting with saying, you know, it's actually, oh, I'm doing great. It's actually a thriving business. You know, it could be in, like, uh, you still doing that little business? Well, actually it's a thriving business and I've been doing it for a while now and it's actually going really, really well. You know, even saying something like that. We all know that in today's digital world, customers are looking for those businesses that will provide them with a seamless buying experience. Exactly. Clunky checkout processes are out and one-click purchasing is definitely in. With buyers' expectations being higher than ever today, you must find a way to make sure their experience with your business is seamless and stands out. One of the best ways to do this is by making sure your business processes are seamless as that they will flow over into your customer's experience, which is exactly what HubSpot offers. HubSpot is a powerful CRM platform that has everything you need to ensure your business increases its revenue, saves you valuable time and resources, all while building genuine customer connections. Plus, you receive valuable insights into your customer's journey. Connecting with new audiences and building deeper relationships has never been easier. And with an easy-to-use interface, it's customizable without being complicated, even as you scale. Get started for free at HubSpot.com. Hey, Product Boss, I'm just going to jump in real quick because we have a really exciting announcement. We would love to invite you to our Sell More, Do Less Bootcamp. Now, this is the Product Boss's guide to becoming a money-making machine. So if you are ready to transform your business, we invite you to join us at theproductboss.com slash sell more. That's the productboss.com slash sell more. Now, this is going to be a game-changing series of live workshops and a challenge. And we want to help you transform your business into a profitable money-making machine fast because we know you have massive goals and you'll get that step-by-step training and accountability to help you reach them. 
we're going to spend 21 days in a private Facebook community where we'll deliver our eight-step bestseller growth formula over eight live trainings and Q&As. So if you only have eight hours to give in the next three weeks, you'll have everything you need to sell more products while doing less. So come join us at theproductboss.com slash sell more, and we'll see you inside. Or, you know, I was with somebody the other day that um, they were our friends in New Jersey and she's like, how's business going? How, like, you know, like um, she said something like, yeah, how, how are you? Pr-? Something like about you and me. Mm-hmm. But basically what she thought was that we have a little business and it's just you and me chugging along in this little <laughs> business. <laughs> it's like, that was like what she was saying. And I was like, oh, we actually have like the team of like 20. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And like, you know, there's a part where you can't go on and be like, you know, we're a top 10 podcast. We're not around the world. We have 4 million downloads. Like that's going to sound a little too much. But what I said was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it, the business is doing great. We have, a, we have a pretty big team now. It's doing great. Thanks for asking. But I think for all of you, it's it's the idea of like, I was like, oh, you still doing that thing? Yes. I have this, like, my business is great. I'm selling candles. Yeah. And I'm super excited about it. Yeah. There. Done. Even if you're not, lie until your brain believes you. <laughs> hundred percent. It could be the worst day, but you are excited about your product. You are excited about your business, right? So even though there's going to be ups and downs in your business, they don't need to know the details. Obviously, they're not listening hard enough then, you know? So and if they want to know more, they'll ask you more. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, cool. So it's working out. Yeah, it's working, you know? Yeah. And then like, if they have questions for you, well, so what, what are you doing? Like, if they're interested in you as a business owner, they'll go deeper. Otherwise, they are trying to just relate. But stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Say yeah. that you have a business. You sell physical products. Like, I don't care if you've only made $200 in your business or you've made $2 million in your business. Yeah, I want you to stand up for yourself because you're doing it. You're doing the work. You're here listening. You're, you're doing it. Yeah. And those are in the times where somebody says that to you. But I will say that they will mirror, as I've been saying this all day, mirror, hear it, mirror it. They will mirror. It's it's just very common for people to mirror what they um, see, how they see you say it. Okay. So psychologically, somebody will always, you know, mirror that other person. They gravitate towards it, you know? So for example, if you're speaking a certain way to it or not speaking about it at all, your husband will have, or your spouse will have an interpretation of that. But if you vocalize and you're speaking in a different way, it will, he will unknowingly even process that in his brain to think about it in a different way. So for example, if I'm talking about my goals or I'm talking about, I have a trade show coming up and he's not just hearing complaints, he's hearing about my goals. He's hearing about how I'm working on these free courses with the product boss. Uh, he's hearing about, you know, um, the margins and how I'm fo- I'm going to focus on my bestsellers because Jacqueline and Mina told me, you know, this is the Product Boss podcast. I love it. It's a business podcast. They really talk about the bestseller. That's 80% of my revenue will come from 20% of products. That's what I'm testing. And then I'm going to diversify beginning on multiple channels, right? Just imagine if he heard that from you. He It would click in his brain in a different way. And he wouldn't be like, oh, you know, Maybe you should just quit your hobby. It's just a hobby or whatever it is. I don't know what husbands are saying these days, but you get the idea. <laughs> we don't listen to ours. <laughs> and one ear out the other, baby. Are you no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 
you talking to me? Okay. But you know what I mean? Like when they start to hear you change your language, they start to change the language in their heads as well. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we listen to our husbands and we love them. <laughs> we do. If we just joke to around. Podcast. <laughs> you know, our husbands are actually the most supportive people ever. They're so amazing. Yeah. They watch our children. They raise our children. They make sure yeah. we're eating. Like They hear all the different things. My husband yeah. holds down the fort while we're in launch and everything and roots me on all the time. Every time I'm like, okay, see you later. He's like, go get it. Go get we're it. We're so you know? lucky that they are so open and available and supportive to you and I growing this mega business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And they're proud of us and they're supportive. But we like to joke because they know we're really funny. Yeah. <laughs> they know we're really funny. I mean, that, that's why they married us. <laughs> um, so I, I want to do a, little, a yeah. little quick story about how... Um, uh, so... I got, uh, my daughters and I, we we got my husband like these Iowa Hawkeye shorts, right? He's really a big Iowa Hawkeyes fan. We got it for him. I'm an Iowa State Cyclone, which is the the rival of that. That's my alma mater. But he, so we're a split household. For all of you in Iowa, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm an Otis State. College, of an Art, College of Art and Design <laughs> paintbrushes. <laughs> So I'm a cyclone, right? So anyways, the gift was for him. So whenever you're giving a gift, give it for the person you're giving it for, okay? So we get him these shorts and then he ends up, um, they end up being too small for him because he's been working out, losing weight or whatever. So I go back and this is all the way in West Des Moines. So it's a good 30 minute drive. I go back and I get him a different pair. Now I knew that he doesn't like thin shorts. It was a different material. They didn't have the the size, extra large size. I had gotten him 2XL. They didn't have the extra large. And so then I had to get this other pair that was thinner material. And so I go up to the counter and the lady was like, okay, this is great. Um, You know, this is, you'll have to pay the difference. And um, I said, well, I don't know if he'll like this um, because this is different material than the other one. And she's like, oh, and she goes, well, next time you can just bring him with you. And um, so I was like, okay. So I get home, show it to him. What does he say? I don't like this material. It's too thin. And I said, well, knowing how particular you can be, I told the lady you might not like how thin it is. And she said that maybe you could go in and return those, right? So this is what I say back to him. And I said, you know, if you weren't so particular, you would like these because they're a gift. You know, I'm trying to like sell him on this thing in this tone as a wife. Just take the thin shorts. <laughs> he starts laughing and he says, well, I am particular because I married you, didn't I? And I was like, this guy has learned the art of salesmanship. Let me tell you. So who's going back in to return the shorts? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know yet. But I was like, wow, what a rebuttal, Right. So for all of you, it is how you can, people can say whatever they want to you. They can, you know, do all these things and it's up to you to reframe it and you can do that. Okay. So, um, and sell it to them in a different way. Cause well, I mean, how did he reframe that for me? And now I you know, might you even say, go back. Jacqueline and Mina said that I have a business. So I have a business <laughs> Yeah, there. Mic and if drop. you weren't so particular, you would know this hobby is a business as well. <laughs> So I hope that these. <laughs> oh, and, and and I'll just say really quick, a, a quick 
quick story for me is that, and I, I did the calculation. So I've known my husband almost 20 years. We've been dating for almost 20, well, together 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, 18 years, he's known me like out of college working. I was working for somebody like a small business and then eventually I started my own. And it was such an issue when we were starting. And partially, and you and I have talked about this a lot, is he was just trying to fix it for me. Like he mm-hmm. saw me staying up late. He saw me crying over not making enough money and being worried about things. Like he was always just like trying to fix it. And he didn't know how, because here's the deal. My husband's actually not like a natural entrepreneur. Like he would rather probably work for people than the way that I think and you think we're like, sky's the limit. Let's see what we can make happen. Mm -hmm. And so it's knowing who you're working with and dealing with. It's knowing how they grew up. It's knowing um, that they might be projecting their own fears on you, right? Or their own not understanding what entrepreneurial life looks like. So eventually as we got older, because what did we know in our 20s, I was able to say like, I love this. I, I I love all of this. Thank you for trying to fix it for me. I'm still going to be doing the hustle or the doing or the whatever. Um, but this is a business, you know? And and I think once I think since once we got married and he started benefiting from it financially, because I would pay the bills. He's an actor. He'd work and make a lot of money and then he wouldn't work and make not a lot of money. So I think once he started seeing that, like, oh, this supports both of us. Now, you all, depending on where you are in your journey, it may not support it yet. And I think that goes back to that step one of what is your goal and what are yeah. you going to contribute? Yeah, right? I love that you brought this up because I want to round it out with this. I w- We've been really thinking about our roles and short-term and long-term lately, right? And I was thinking about this and it comes back to what you were saying about being an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, it being in your blood. And, you know, like my mind does not ever stop running so many ideas. It's just constantly going. And my husband's not necessarily like that, you know? And um, so one of the things that I ended up trying to do, for example, was I just stopped complaining. I think in in, in life, yeah. you know, stop complaining and blaming is a really good, like I really work towards that. So that was one of the things because then he wouldn't feel like he's getting dumped the complaints on, right? Because sometimes if he's not hearing the good things, the complaints can really be really big. But I also think in my own mind, I would absolutely love to not be someone who starts off with complaints. The other thing too is that I was like, well, what does that mean to be an entrepreneur? Because I never really identified with the word entrepreneur, though I know that I am one. So for, for me, it was like, okay, the business is not necessarily who I am. I know that I'm an entrepreneur that can create something out of nothing. I love the creation. I love creating. And I think for all of us that are entrepreneurs, you, the thing that you're creating is you're creating solutions to every problem. So for example, there's people that might be out there that they create problems for every solution. Those are the people you don't want in your world, okay? Those are the people that you say, you know, you say something to and you're like, hey, you know how you can fix this? Um, and they're just like, no, that would never work. No, that would, those are the people that are the kind of opposite of entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are always like, hey, I can always figure this out because I have a solution to every single problem. I, you know, I approach it from that point and I create whatever I need to create to solve that problem whether it's to create a business or an idea or whatever it is, or a temporary solution that will lead to more permanent thing. So I think that for all of you, make it feel like, um, I think for all of you, know that while they're like, ooh, maybe saying it's a little business or whatever it is, it might feel 
that way because it might feel like it stings a bit because you think that they're talking about your identity or you feel wrapped up in that identity of being an entrepreneur, which you know to your core that you are an entrepreneur because you love to create. You love making something from nothing. You know that you are the problem solver of everything to everyone a lot of times. And I think that know that when they're saying that, they're not making a identity insult to you, okay? Um, and that that if you feel a trigger around that, that might be some work that you do in knowing that it's actually a great thing that you're an entrepreneur and that you do have a ton of ideas because you are the one who's going to make your life amazing and unlike anybody else. And the 1% in this world, you're the 1% you know, versus the 99%. So do some work around that as well, because I think that, um, I think for me, that took a little bit of doing that before I was able to confidently tell people that I am working on my business and that it's, um, and this is what I'm doing because the confidence has to come from within you. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that this was inspiring. Share, come over on Instagram, say hi to us, let us know. Um, This is one of our best performing posts over and over on Instagram because I think a lot of you resonate with this and I hope that this helped. And if you want continued help in growing your business because you are a business owner, just keep listening to the podcast. Like we said, rate, review, follow the show so that you know when new episodes come out and you know, get on our email list. We'll drop that into the show notes because that's the place where you're going to get education every week. We send out hot tips. Um, You'll know when programs are open and when we can continue to support you and your growing business. So thank you, my friends. And you might hear some funny stories in there too. (laughs) (laughs) And so you'll find... Yeah. Our husbands know. (laughs) (laughs) We think we are. (laughs) So you'll see that link to sign up for our email list in the show notes. We'll see you soon, everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us.